Hey, how's it going? Xander Fryer, best-selling author and CEO and founder of High Impact Coaching here. And you are listening to the High Impact Coaching Podcast, the podcast for coaches by coaches and designed to help coaches build and scale profitable coaching businesses so that they can get to the people around the world that really need them. On this podcast, you're going to have everything from tactics, live tactics and strategies. You're going to have motivational content. You're going to have interviews with the top experts in the world in different spaces to help you grow and scale your business and get to the thousands of people that need you. It's our belief that coaches are at the front of the spear when it comes to world change. And we want to make sure that you have all the resources that you need to get to the people that really need you. So that being said, if you need our help in any way, shape or form, feel free to go to Zan xanderfryer.com. We've got tons of other resources and support at xanderfryer.com. If you want to join our free Facebook community with thousands of other six-figure, multiple six-figure, and seven-figure coaches, you can go to xanderfryer.com forward slash FB group. And if you're interested in getting our help in the short term, coaching you one-on-one or mentoring you one-on-one to scale your coaching business to six figures in the next 90 days or taking it to seven figures over the next 12 months, go ahead and check out a couple of our programs at xanderfryer.com forward slash programs and feel free to set up a quick 15-minute call with our team to see what we can dig into, find what's not working in your business, and see how we can help you scale to that next level. Other than that, I'll see you in the next episode. How's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer, CEO and founder of High Impact Coaching here with Jay Williams, who is the newest member of High Impact Coaching. He's our lead success coach here at High Impact Coaching. He's been responsible for you know helping a, a, a coaching business get up to four or five million. He's been in iBanking in the past. He owns his own two in-person gyms. So we're going to dig into a lot here with Jay today, specifically around his journey and also how to sell high ticket in your in-person fitness studios. But Jay, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, man. Before we get started, tell me about those guitars, man. Yeah. So I took up the guitar two years ago, about two years ago. I've always been really into music, but I never played any instruments and um, took it up as an old man. And uh, I mean, I can almost perform. You're not that old, Jay. You're not that old. (laughs) It's just a hobby and I love it. It just brings me joy every day. I love it, man. Beautiful. All right, brother. So I know a lot about your story, but I think it's incredibly relevant to, you know, obviously understand how you got from where you are to starting your fitness studios to obviously working with us today and also some of the big shifts that you've made to get to that point. So I just kind of want to start off with, you know, your journey from iBanking to getting into the fitness entrepreneurial space. Can we start off with that? Yeah, absolutely. So like, I guess if we rewind, like I always loved working out and, you know, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but when I started working out, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the big thing. And so you, you know, you'd go and you do like weightlifting and stuff. And so I would do some of that stuff and that would kind of help with my basketball football career. Right. So I always used to get up early, go to the gym and I always thought, you know, they could do a little better job here at the gym, even when I was like 13 years old. And when I was 14, I decided I wanted to open my own gym. Yeah. That took me a lot longer than uh, (laughs) I thought it was going to be. You knew it for a long time. You just didn't do anything about it. Yeah. So sounds uh, familiar to anybody else out there. Is there something you've known you needed to do for a long time and you just didn't do it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I've had maybe, I always like to say it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 25 different jobs, probably like seven or eight different careers from like sales to, I was a programmer for a while. Uh, You know, then I was a project manager. And like you said, I was in investment banking and um, somewhere along the line, I had a knee injury that required surgery. 
and I got a job sitting behind a desk at the same time. Yeah. So I was really into this job, didn't do any movement and really focused on work and ended up uh, basically being one of those 300 pound, uh, you know, basically like desk jockeys. Yeah. Uh, I was 300 pounds and really not feeling great about myself at 30 years old. Which is, which, by the way, which is insane. Obviously, like I've met you in person and you are just fit. Right. And to think of you as like a 300 pound person is insane. I'll find a picture and uh, share it with you. You gotta, you gotta share it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I was, I was 300. I was actually close to like 315. And what happened was, um, you know, I mean, it's just like everything else. Like you go to happy hours and you do all this kind of stuff and you know, you just don't pay attention. It's built up over time and just lack of awareness. Yeah, exactly. And, um, so I got this job transfer to London and about three or four months before the job transfer, I was like, I, you know, people in London wear all these like fitted suits and stuff. I better get in shape. And, uh, so I walked it. I, so this is a relevant part of the story. I made a lot of money. I was working in investment banking, right? I basically had like a wad of money and I was waving it around saying, Hey, I need to lose like a hundred pounds here, guys. I, I tried like boot camps. I, you know, did personal trainers, you know, at the local gym. Like I tried a lot of stuff and nobody could help me. And it was, it was really interesting. Like I was willing to do anything. Why, why was that though? Like, why could people just not help you? Um, part of it was, okay. So you go to, you know, the local gym, you work with a trainer and you're like, Hey, I want to lose a hundred pounds. They have you doing bicep curls and like elliptical machine. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, I used to play football. They're teaching you how to use the machines. They're not teaching you how to properly take care of your body. Exactly. Nobody ever talked to me about nutrition or anything like that. Yeah. And it's just like, it got to, and then you go to the boot camp and you're like running for, you know, like we're running 35, 40 minutes. And yeah. I'm 315 pounds. Like it's destroying me. Yeah. Right. And so just, there was nothing that kind of fit. Right. So uh found my way into uh, it was a CrossFit gym at the time and everything was way harder than I could do, but there was something about it that just stuck with me. Mm-hmm. I lost like 30, 40 pounds and then moved to London. Yeah. And, um, and I was back on my own again, <clears throat> going to the different gyms, trying to do different stuff. And uh, eventually one thing led to another, I lost maybe another 30, 40 pounds on my own. And I ended up opening a gym mostly so I'd have a place to, to like continue to train, to, to work out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so it was this little place, like the size of my office here. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I just opened the gym and, uh, put a sign up, uh, and put a website up and, and said, we're open. And when we opened, we had one paying customer (laughs) and our only goal was to make the 1500 pounds a month we needed to pay for the rent. rent? Yeah. Yeah. Um, turned out after about three, four months, we had like 30, 40 customers. We needed a bigger space. And, you know, we kind of moved and that kind of expanded and grew. And it got to the point where there's like 150, 200 people, you know, in the gym. And I'm like, I'm like looking at my day job. I'm spending eight hours a day going, this is a waste of my time. Yeah. Um, At that, at that point I had lost the hundred pounds and people, you know, were kind of following my story and going like, Hey, I want to do that too. Not only that, but I'm in London as an American, and this gym was bringing a community of people from all over the world, and it was like the best part of living in the city because they got to be around other people that were had similar interests. Yeah, right. Oh, that's amazing. 
And so, uh, and so we just ended up, we just ended up like, I ended up quitting that job and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a story behind that, but a lot of it had to do with when I, when we had our daughter, I have two kids and, uh, we had our daughter and I, and I sat back and I said, you know, I have this great job and I could probably retire from this job, but if I keep doing this, then I'm never going to stop doing it. Like I have to get out of this now. Yeah. And it was like a little backwards because we couldn't really afford for me to quit my job. Yeah. But I was like, I got to get out of this now because my daughter's young. I uh, yeah. Do- I was going to say like, how did that, like you having your daughter, like how did that change things for you? It was like, it was like, I got to take action. I have to, I have to, you know, I had made this change of like losing hundred pounds and we, we made this change of like moving to a new country. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I sat back and I said, I, what do I want my life to be like? And do, you know, I looked at my boss and my boss's boss and, you know, it's like, these guys are making millions of dollars a year. And it's like, I don't want that to be the example. Yeah. They're making millions of dollars a year, but they don't look very happy. No, they are not. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and that wasn't the example I wanted to set. So instead of going on the path of making millions of dollars a year in investment banking, I decided to, you know, make less than 50 grand a year running a gym. (laughs) And, uh, and the best part about this, to be honest, was my wife, she said, you know, we always make things work. We always going to work it out. Yeah. You know, go and give it a shot. You know, we've got six months of savings, go earn enough money to you know, pay for our bills and we'll see if we can make it work. Yeah, we did. I um, think that's, that's some, that's something that's really important though. It's like, yeah. And we see this a lot in the entrepreneurial space. It's like when you have people in your corner that support you it makes a world of difference. And when you don't have people support you, it's, it's a lot more difficult. Can you talk to that a bit? Like your wife, like, sounds like she was a massive influence on this. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've been together for a long, long time and, and I've supported her and, you know, some of the things that she's done and she supports me and the things that I do. The big thing is just like, don't put me in danger. Right. You know, but even then it's like, we kind of spell out worst case scenarios. It's like, well, we might end up on the street or living with our parents or whatever. And it's like, you know, we'll be together and we'll work it out. Yeah. We'll, we'll be together. We'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and there was never, there's never, it, it's like you said, it's super, super important. And I think one of the things about being an entrepreneur is that it's like super lonely Yeah, because you're doing something that not a lot of people are willing to do. Yeah. So not a lot of people understand it. Yeah. And, and you're making decisions that not a lot of people are willing to make. Yeah. Absolutely. And so having somebody in your corner, it just, it just makes a huge difference. Yeah, for sure. So, so talk to me about, okay, you've got this, you've got your gym in London now. Yeah. Then you open up another one in California. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so I, we transferred to London. I had a visa with my yeah. previous company and then I, um, I basically decided like, okay, I'm going to get a visa through my gym because yeah. now it's the gym. And I, the, the, the lawyer said, Hey, it's going to take you about three to six months to get this visa. So, you know, you just need to hang out in the country and yeah. so great. Sit so, tight, we'll get you there. Yeah, By the we'll way, get- this is exactly what me and Maddie are going through right now as well. So, <laughs> so we, so we said, okay, great. We were moving things forward and it got to the point where it was time to leave the other company. And I left the other company and I still had like six months left on my visa. Right. And so 
the three months goes by, the immigration lawyer lawyers like, eh, another another couple months, another couple months, another couple months. And that keeps happening, happening, happening. We ended up spending Christmas in London, which we normally would come home to California. And it got to March. Our visa had expired. We're still in the country. Yeah. Going like, hey, this is probably not good. Like, we shouldn't be here anymore, right? Yeah. We're like, yeah, yeah, you should probably go back to California. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Great. So we went back to California. And again, it was, oh, it'll be a month. It'll be a month. It'll be a month. So we basically were on vacation, right? Yeah. Like, we got here in March. The sun was shining. We got a sunburn in March. Yeah. And, uh, we ended up doing that for six months. And finally, the visa application came through. We were finally ready to go. We had we had the gym there. That was where our income was. We still had all of our stuff there. Yeah. Uh, we had an apartment that we were there. We were just subletting. So we went through all that. The day, like two days before we were about to hop on a plane, we were all packed up and everything. To we're go back to in, London. Going back to London. Uh, we got a call from the immigration lawyer saying, hey, because you overstayed your previous visa, sorry. This one's overturned and you don't and you're banned from the country. So you can't come back to the UK for 10 years. So you own a gym in London and you're banned from the UK. <laughs> yes. So that was like, that sucked. <laughs> um, we, uh, we basically were living in my parents' extra bedroom now with a two-year-old. Yeah. And my wife and I <clears throat> are mid thirties living in our parents' extra bedroom we, I moved out of my parents' house when I was 17, like as soon as I could. As soon as possible, yeah. This was like the worst case scenario for you, me. You go from potentially making millions in yeah. iBanking yeah. to, to quitting to making 50K yeah. to getting banned from the country that your business is in and living at home with your parents and your two-year-old. Yeah. yeah, when you put it that way, it sounds pretty horrible. <laughs> it's pretty impressive, man. You did well. You did well. So this really sucked because like the business really needed us there. Yeah. But we couldn't be there. And we also needed incomes. We didn't have jobs. Um, yeah. I mean, we had some income coming from the gym. We were still taking a salary. Fortunately, we didn't have any rent to pay because we were staying with my parents. Yeah. But this is like a tough situation. Yeah. And so. I, and I think that's really important because I know there's, I know there's a lot of coaches out there and a lot of new entrepreneurs out there where they're like, that's what they're thinking. They're thinking like, oh my God, my worst case scenario is like, I quit my nine to five and then something doesn't work out. And I end up living at home with my parents at 30 or 35 or 40 or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah, you, you did it. That happened to me. <laughs> you, you, you succeeded in that. Yeah. I'm proud of you, man. <laughs> so we, I basically cried for about 20 minutes and uh, I took a really long walk and then I went and laid down on the front lawn of my parents' house and just looked up at the sky and I, and I asked myself, like, what do I want my life to be? Because this is basically yeah. like, this is, you know, this is the worst case scenario for me. Yeah. What do I want my life to be? And I realized, like, I love running a gym. I love owning a gym. I love helping people. And so I called up my buddy and I said, dude, I need some money because I'm going to open a gym. Yeah. And uh, he was like, great. Five weeks later, we opened a gym in California. Yeah. I mean, it was literally five weeks from there. We ran our first in-person class in California. And it, it, it just, that part was actually the most shocking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like be able to find a place and just like get everything together, all of the equipment. And then 
you know, for people to, to hear about it, like that part, when I think about it was like really crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so, uh, so yeah, we opened that gym and like, we never looked back. That was 2013 and that gym grew in the same kind of way, maybe not quite as much right at the beginning, but it grew and grew and grew and it helped to serve the community. We started hiring more coaches. I eventually got my ban overturned yeah the uk but by that point i was like california is pretty nice i'm not going back yeah okay and now you've got a gym here too so you're gonna have to figure out this intercontinental thing yeah and so we just uh so yeah that that's how we ended up with two gyms in two different continents yeah that's pretty (laughs) that's pretty amazing man i i just love that story and i think there's just a lot of lessons to be learned in there from anybody in the entrepreneurial journey like what you had to go through to get to that point and the ups and the downs and just having the, I think having the wherewithal to just be like, yeah, like, you know, you and your wife, like we've got each other, we're just going to keep moving forward. Right. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that happened when we opened those gyms is people are like, how are you able to run gyms in two different continents? And, uh, and so enough people asked that question where, you know, I, I started helping other business owners. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I did that for, um, I guess almost four and a half, five years, uh, just focusing on gyms. Yeah. And, um, you know, had a, had a lot of success with that and really enjoyed working with the, you know, probably three or 400 clients that we ended up working with or that I ended up working with, yeah. um, got to, you know, speak on stage and do, you know, podcasts and things like that. And really kind of got to the point where I realized like helping people with their business is, is the same as coaching people to lose weight. Yep. Oh, it's just, it's just, you got to track your numbers. You know, you got to get over some mindset stuff. You have to have the right kind of plan to, to follow. And then you have to have a coach that helps you make adjustments. Yeah. Pretty, pretty simple, right? It's if you have the right plan, right. That works. If it's a proven system that works, you just need to make sure to get over your mindset stuff, track your numbers and have someone to keep you accountable to doing it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing, man. Um, beautiful. So talk to me, obviously now, so a little, some things have changed. Now you still have the two gyms. Um, we've decided to kidnap you and bring you inside of high impact coaching to be our lead success coach. Um, so we're obviously really excited to have you and all of your experience here. Um, talk to me about, you know, you, you actually started as a client of ours and you took our systems and started to implement them in your gyms. And especially around these times with um, you know, whether you're a fitness trainer or a studio owner, a full-blown gym owner, we're in some weird times right now. So, so talk to me about, you know, some of the things that you're doing with selling high ticket in the gyms, um, and the shifts that you've been able to make that have been really working. Yeah. So, you know, I left, I stopped doing the consulting earlier this year to, and part of it was to focus on my gyms. And then five, six weeks after that, the gyms had to shut down because of COVID. Right. Yeah. So, and so, you know, when I, when I found high impact coaching, it was like, okay, we know we're going to have to make some shifts. We started running classes online and doing stuff, you know, whatever, but, but you know, what, what we had planned to do was not sustainable until this whole thing is over. Right. And so we started looking for other answers and we kind of found our way to high impact coaching. And it was a, it was a funny thing about this. Like before I started, at high impact coaching, I downloaded the, um, uh, what is it? The perfect consult, the 11 yeah. steps, perfect consult. Yeah. And like, it was not all the details. It was just, you know, here's the worksheet. 
Yeah. And the next three people that came in, I just went through the worksheet and yeah. all of them, all of them signed up for, you know, our higher ticket offer, all three of them. <laughs> it's amazing. And I was oh like, God, okay. this shit works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, look, maybe I should sign up for the uh, high effect. <laughs> <laughs> when you're, when your free content is better than most people's paid content, you know, you've got something good. <laughs> so it was funny because when I got on the phone with Kahal for the sales call, I kind of, I should have just said like, okay, man, look, I'm sold. Like we don't need to go through this. Let's My just credit card is already out. Let me just read it to you over the phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, because, because I had already made the money that I needed to make to pay for it. And, yeah. um, and so like what we, what we found really transitioning from, we're essentially going from like a small group model where people are paying not much to, we still do small groups, but we have a higher ticket sort of front end. Yeah. And it's almost like going from group class to personal coaching. And what we found is like yeah. most people, most people out there are just like me when I was 315 pounds, they have a lot of money. And they're like, solve this problem for me. Somebody please fix me. Yeah. And, and, and they don't, there's no solutions out there, honestly. Yeah. Like there's just, there's, or at least there's not enough or people don't know that those solutions exist. Yeah. And, and so what really got me was my, one of my coaches who has, who is going to be going through this, this process to, uh, for the gym, she had the same thing. Like she basically used to work with a personal trainer who was, you know, okay, because basically that person offered to solve her problem. She didn't care about working out with that trainer three times a week. She yeah. didn't need someone to count reps or watch her bicep curls. Yeah. She just wanted someone to solve the problem. Yep. And what I realized is that like, if you can, if you can solve someone's problem, that's really priceless. Yeah. And, and I have the solution and you know what? You know what's funny about this, Xander, is like what we do now, high ticket, is is really the same thing that we used to do for a couple hundred bucks a month. But because people are people are have been um, indoctrinated into the value of it, yeah. and they pay more for it, they actually do it. <laughs> yeah, they actually get the results that they're setting out to get. You know, yeah. we always tell people people who pay pay attention, right? And it's like. You can have, you can have a $200 program and a $2,000 program that are exactly the same. The yeah. 2K one is going to get better results simply yeah. for the fact that it's priced higher. Exactly. And you know what? When you charge 200 bucks, people still think it's too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like it, it, it like it, they're going to say it's too expensive at 200. You might as well ask for 2000 or 3000. Yeah. Because you're still going to get people saying it's expensive, but you only need one of those 10 people to sign up, you know, yeah. to be, for it to be worth it. Right. Yeah. Well, and so, especially, you know, you something you and I talked about right now with everything going on during COVID and like in-person gyms having limited capacity and you're not actually able to work out with as many people. And there's more, there's fear around coming to in-person gyms, right? It's like, yet you kind of have to make use of the people who are coming in and make sure that you're still bringing in that profit. So, Yeah. So what we found was that um, by focusing on the solution, so, you know, we do an eight week program and we ask people specifically, what do they want to get? And we get, try to get really specific about yeah. what their goal is. 
So I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to lose 25 pounds or whatever, or, you know, I want to get my first pull up. We try to like, almost like negotiate right at the beginning of exactly what you want so that we can say, okay, we are going to deliver you losing 15 pounds over these eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Or you getting your first pull up. Uh, That's tough over eight weeks, but (laughs) you know, with a focus, you can do it. Right. So, so we, we really focus on that. And then we make the program, we create the program based on what's going to get them there. Right. And for most people, if you're trying to lose 15, 20 pounds, it's going to be very similar. Yeah. But honestly, like those little tweaks are the things that get people there. Yeah. And so, you know, what, what does it actually look like in practice? You know, sometimes we work with them three times a week. Most times we don't. Yeah. Oh, it, in practice, it's actually just, okay, here's the plan. Here's the roadmap. Here's how we're going to lay it out. Here's the times that you're going to work out. Sometimes you're with a coach. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes we're doing it on zoom. Cause we have people that just don't want to come in at all. Yep. Right? But you're going to follow, follow up on this. And it'd be funny. I think I showed you this, but like we actually give people a journal and yeah. we have them write down their results in the journal. Yeah. Right? Because most of it is just about following through. You, yeah, it's just keeping them aware, keeping them accountable to doing the things that they need to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually think, and this is this is, this would be a secret. So you know, if you're listening, don't tell anyone. I think this actually works way better in person than it does online. Yeah, like I really do with the, the system that we teach. I think it works really, really well in person. Yeah. Because because think about it, like people have to go to the effort to find you and then they, you know, do all this thing. And then they're actually in the gym and you're telling them or in the, you know, your personal training studio and you're saying, I can get you this result. Yeah. And it's going to cost you, you know, three grand for eight weeks or whatever it is. Right. And it's just, and they know you're there. They can, they can touch you. It's, they can see you. They can see that you are actually doing that. Um, it, it works tremendously well. Yeah. So, you know, I've had a lot of discussions with some fitness professionals in our group about <laughs> yep. making this work in person, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's huge. Well, so, so let's, let's, let's talk about that for a second, because I think there's a big stigma for studio owners or fitness instructors that think that they can't charge this for in-person work, right? They start to compare themselves to, to, you know, the, the hundred dollar an hour or like even worse, the 24 hour fitness or, or, you know, LA fitness or something like that. Right. So talk to me about that and like how, like what you have to overcome there. Okay. So just the first thing you have to do is sit down with a calculator and start doing some math. Right. Everybody so I, math. <laughs> well, you, you just lost the entire viewership, Jay. Oh, okay. Okay. Definitely. Nobody's paying attention. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but okay. If doing math makes me more money and has a bigger impact. I, I will do math. <laughs> So, okay. I was talking to a, uh, a trainer that worked at a very well-known gym and uh, a very expensive gym and people that worked with him would pay something like a hundred to $150 an hour yeah. of which he would get like 30, right? Yeah. You start to work it out. It's like these people are paying, let's call it on the low end, $300 a week, right? To, to be a part of that gym and to work with you. So that's $1,200 a month. Yep. Right. So that's essentially high ticket already. $1,200 a month for two months is $2,400, right? Yep. Uh, you know, you could charge $2,500, 3000 easy. Yep. <laughs> right? You're already doing it. So that's only a 
that's only at a hundred bucks an hour, right? And think about what they get for that hundred bucks an hour, right? They, they, they have three hours of your time every week, right? But they don't get nutrition planning. They don't get like you checking in on them with a text. You know, they don't get any uh, additional information. There's no other people that they can like share stories with or whatever. So they're actually getting less for that hundred bucks an hour, that $1,200 a month than they would get if you just packaged it differently. Yeah. If you just said, I'm going to help you lose 20 pounds over this next eight weeks, you're going to pay 2,500 or 3,500 or whatever it is that you decide to charge. And here's the full plan, like full yeah. eight weeks. And if you, I, I actually told my customers this, if you follow this plan and you get 80% compliance, like what I mean is like, if you work out enough, you do, you do 80% of the things I tell you to do. Yeah. And you don't get the results, then I will, I will keep working with you until you get the results for free. Yeah. Right? Because I'm just hundred percent committed to their success. Yeah. Right. And that didn't happen because either they got the 80% and they get, they got there or they didn't get the 80% and they know exactly what they needed to fix. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, so you pull it out, you do a little math and you realize like, actually you're charging high ticket anyway, even if you're charging half that $50 an hour, you're still charging them $600 a month. Yep. That's, that's expensive. Yeah. Right. And so people are going to say it's too expensive at 600. You might as well charge 1200, get a few more no's, have to work with less people that are more dedicated. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love it, man. I love it. What, uh, let me ask you this. What do you think now, you know, now working, working with us for a bit, and obviously you've helped, you know, over 300 fitness coaches. What are some of the biggest mistakes that coaches make when it comes to building their businesses? Mm, okay. So, okay. I'll start with fitness coaches. So one of the biggest things is just, and this really applies to everyone, but just mindset, like, yeah, you know, the reason people don't charge this much is don't charge enough is because everyone else charges less. They think that because the gym down the street or the trainer down the street charges this, then no one's going to pay for more because I'm asking for more. Right. And like, you just have to get all that garbage out. Like who cares what other people are doing? Yeah. And who cares how many people say no and that it's too expensive. Right. There's one person out there that will say yes and do everything you you say and is going to get amazing results. And you can use those results to talk to the next person. Right. Yep. So mindset around charging is, is one of the first things. The second one is honestly, like, I still have to say this, like people just don't work hard enough. (laughs) Like it's not even that you're bad. Are you trying to tell me that I can't just sit on the beach and sit my ties Uh and and my business, my business will just come rolling in. I'll put up a pretty Wix website and all of a sudden all my business will just roll in and I'll be good to go. Yeah, we went to the beach last weekend when I visited. What did we do there? Oh, we worked our asses off. I didn't. You did. <laughs> yeah, I made you do push-ups and stuff. Made, yeah. made, me, do, made me do burpees and, and yeah. squats. <laughs> I mean, I think part of it is just like when I look at the numbers, when you really look at the numbers, people are not doing enough activity to generate enough interest in their in whatever they're selling yeah. to, to actually sell it. Yeah. You know? Like, let's say you're terrible at sales and you close one out of every 10 people, right? Yeah. So that means you need 10, 10 consults, yeah. which, which means that you probably need to add like 100 
200, 300 people to your group. Yeah. So you can't, you can't go out there and say, Oh, I followed 25 people and I only added 10. How come I'm not making any sales? Yeah. You know, it's like, you, it's numbers. Yeah. You got to take a lot more action and, and, and really get out there and, and hustle a little bit more. Yeah. I think uh, one of my favorite things Dean Jackson says, Dean Jackson was at a, in a mastermind that I was in a couple of years ago. Um, and he was just like, yeah, businesses don't die because you don't have a great product. Businesses die because you have a great product and there are thousands or millions of people out there who have no idea who you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was basically saying exactly that. He's like, you're just not getting your business, your offer, your, your product, your service in front of enough eyeballs. That's all it is. There are yeah. thousands and millions of people that need your product and you're not putting it in front of them. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think about this, like there are, there are inferior products out there that are rushing you in sales. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just, and it's like you walk in, I'm not going to name any names, but I walk into a popular fitness studio and take a class there. It's like, this is crap. Why? But, but, they're, but they're making 10 times as much as my gym was making. So what are they doing differently? Yeah. That. It's just, what can I do better? Because, you know, and I, I think that was one of the biggest lessons I learned as a starting coach. One of my mentors, you know, I was getting upset that there was like a, a marketer out there that was like, you know, who's in the self-development space, but he was a marketer, right. With a crap program. And I was just like, I hate that. Like this marketer is getting all these people, but selling snake oil. Yeah. And my mentor was like, well, stop being upset at him and start getting better at marketing and sales yeah. so that all of those people come to you instead of going to him. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that's the third one is just like you're, and this is something I really kind of picked up at the beginning of doing HIC. It's like your job first is to sell and market your product. Yeah. And, and then it is to coach, right? We yeah. spend all this time like learning how to be a great coach. And then we're hoping that people will come and find us. Dude, some of the best coaches I know are working in basements because they don't have any clients. Yeah. Right? And it's, I mean, I, I mean, I've been in this industry for a long time. Some of the best coaches that I know have no clients and yeah. they can teach you, they can teach you how to do, uh, you know, strict muscle ups and iron crosses and you can get yeah. there in eight weeks, but they have no clients because nobody knows who they are. Yeah. Right. And so you got to first kind of wrap your head around. That's really your first job yeah. and make sure you deliver the products so that you know, when people do come through that they're, you're, they're getting that fulfillment of all of your promise. Right. Yeah. I love that, man. Hey, you gotta be a business owner, a marketer, a salesperson first. That's what gives you the opportunity to actually coach. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. Um, last question for you. Uh, what's it like to work with HIC? It's great. I mean, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to lie to me just cause I'm on the other side of the zoom with you, man. <laughs> I, 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 I would tell you if it sucked. <laughs> you, would, you would actually tell me if it sucked. <laughs> um, you know, we, we, we talked about this recently. Like, let me, let me take it back one step, actually. Okay. Why did you even want to work with HIC? That's a good question. Okay. So, um, you know, I love coaching people. Yeah. I love, like, I love being able to see that kind of aha moment where they're just like, oh yeah, I just, I just need to do this and this, and then it will, will get there. Right. I also love learning new things, like just acquiring knowledge. Like it's part of why I picked up the guitar is just like, yeah. you know, yeah. all this stuff kind of builds on each other. 
And then the last thing is just like, you know, I, I've learned to make it my business to be around good people. Yeah. Right? Just, be, just as, as much as I can be around good people, whether they're working for me or whether I just know them or whether I have lunch with them or whatever, you know, it, it, it just makes you a better person. Yeah. And so, you know, I was a client going through HIC and getting a lot out of it, you know, like I said, and when the job came up, uh, that you were looking for a coach, it was basically like, I read the description. And I was like, well, this is basically me. Like you're just <laughs> describing me. Right. <laughs> and, um, and even when I got on the interview, I told you about it. I was like, you know, guys, I don't really need this. I don't, you know, like I have other things that I'm doing. Yeah. I love yeah. what you guys are doing. Yeah. And, you know, if you, if you could get over, you know, if you could, if you could, if you need a coach and my personality doesn't rub you the wrong way, then this could potentially work out. And so, um, I was, I was probably more honest on those interviews than, uh, you were expecting. <laughs> um, but I, I just really, I think, I think that's why we loved you though. Like we have a, we have a culture of like honesty and forwardness. And I think that's really important here. That's what allows us to get to those, those crazy levels. And you know, the thing is like, I don't have a job. Yeah. I want to do what I love with around people that I'm inspired by and where I get to learn. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, that's, that's ultimately what, what got us here and, uh, and why I'm here and why I, why I enjoy it. What was interesting, you know, you asked, what is it like being on the other side? I actually don't think that people know how good this company is. Like I, I think, yeah, I think, you know, anything that you're working on with your business, like anything, if you're, if you're a coach and you're working with us or thinking about working with us, anything you're working on with your business has been addressed somewhere within high impact coaching. Yeah. Right. You know, whether it is, you know, how we do meetings with the team or, you know, how we do reviews or, you know, down to the, you know, how we do direct messages and how we hire virtual assistants, like all of that stuff is in HIC. And it's not like, there's not a, um, it's not like a shit show on the other side of things. Yeah. Like it's actually just exactly what we coach is what we do. Yeah. And some of the stuff we don't talk about, cause we're still not sure if that's the way it's going to be. We're forever. still ironing. We're still ironing out the processes. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's been so easy to coach people within this group because if they're at a, you know, let's say they're at a, uh, you know, a 50 K and above level and they're like, okay, I've gotten everything out of the modules, but now I have this question. Then I can just say, oh, well, this is what we do at HIC. <laughs> and you just, you know, you just follow that. And, you know, here's the step-by-step -step of how it works. And if you have more questions, you know, let's have a call with Xander. Yeah. Right? And so it's, I, I would say it's actually even better than I thought it was going to be. And um, that, that yeah. is inspiring. <laughs> Good to hear, man. I like it. I like it. Um, all right. That, I said that was my last question, but now I, now I got to give you my, my uh, re it's going to be like a speed round. Okay. Um, so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you a series of questions and then I want you to respond with the name of the person in HIC that you think describes this person. Okay. Okay. So, so the first one, for example, I'm going to say the funniest person in HIC. That's Cahal. Ah, oh, damn it. I knew you were going to say that too. Uh, the happiest person in HIC. 
Uh, it's got to be Joshua. That's got to be Joshua. Um, <laughs> the smartest person in HIC. Oh, come on. Um, guys, Aaron is super impressive. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, Aaron is. I mean, I haven't really, I've gotten to know him a little bit more because we spent some time, but like, yeah. man, he, that guy's just like a savant. Yeah. All right. One last one. Your favorite person in HIC. Uh, it's got to be me. There you go. That works for me, brother. <laughs> awesome stuff, Jay. Really glad, really glad that we got to, to do this today. Looking forward to getting you back on the show soon. Um, for everybody who wants to uh, catch these interviews live, if you're in podcast land, make sure you go to xanderfryer.com forward slash FB group. Uh, and if you want our help getting your business up and running, getting to that six figure mark, or if you're already at the six figure mark and you want to get to that multi six figure, seven figure mark, uh, just go to xanderfryer.com forward slash programs. Check out our programs. We're happy to chat, uh, help you out with whatever you need help with. Jay, thanks again, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me.